<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. You're listening to a Globe Studios podcast in partnership with Podcast Network Asia. This is Tawalets, and I'd like to say, hey, listeners, welcome to another episode with me, Aaron. So, in the past couple of weeks, you have seen me promote the Improvis Asian Festival, which happened last weekend, August 26 to August 29. If you didn't hear about it, well, it was in the last two episodes, I believe. Uh, we promoted the festival in the last two episodes. And after the festival, I just felt like I needed to come on here and share a little bit of what I noticed and what I learned. So... If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, my name is Aaron and I do improv comedy with my group, Spit Manila, and I teach at our school, Third World Improv. And over the festival, the point of the festival was to have Asian improvisers share their stories by performing for and with one another. So what was the point of that? Why did, why did we feel that there was a need to point that out? Because even... I will admit that most of my knowledge of improv comedy is very Western. It's from America. You know, you watched Whose Line Is It Anyway? That was an American show. What else? Parks and Recreation, you know, uh, The Office. You hear about improv in all these comedy shows. And it just so happens that all these comedy shows are Western or American. Or even the British shows that have improv You know, alam natin, di ba? We know, we know the British, we know the American, and that's sort of how we learned what improv is. So, what we noticed also is that playing improv, if you learn it from a Western setting, there is a tendency that you get to play with that mindset that this is something Western. And therefore, I have to take references from foreign movies, you know, Hollywood movies, Hollywood references. But what we encourage at Third World Improv and at this Improvisation Festival was to improvise in your own local stories, the way, the way you would make local references, bringing in your own stories, basically making it more personal to you instead of getting from Hollywood influences. And that's hard for some people because that's how we know what improv is, right? That's how we grew up knowing what improv is, if this is in fact how we got to discover improv. So what I found very interesting was there was a panel that talked about how to improvise with your colonizers. So this was very interesting for me because I studied improv and I performed improv in New York when I lived there on and off for five years. And I did notice that to be able to play efficiently with my American groupmates, I would have to know all these Western references or I would have to, you know, kind of ride on whatever references they give Because this is their country and that's how they improvise. So I kind of had to adapt. And in this panel, they talked about how come we're the ones always adapting to how it should be. Why isn't it that you're both adapting? And this is very interesting. I will admit, I brought a little bit of my Filipinoness in performing when I was in New York. But then again, uh, another question posed in this panel was, What kinds of roles do you take if you are playing 
someone from your own country. So for example, me, if I play a role and I'm playing with foreigners, do I become an OFW? Do I become a nurse? You know, there are certain stereotypes also that we kind of fall into, which is very unnecessary because not all Filipinos are nurses. Not all Filipinos are OFWs, you know. So it was a very interesting panel discussion, which didn't really have any definitive answers because we're all learning also, you know, the world is adapting, which is why I feel like improv is such a fun art because you kind of have to, you, you learn to adapt because you're improvising with different types of people. The panel also made me realize how much we really rely on Western pop culture nowadays. And it became a very interesting conversation about how Hollywood might be like the new form of colonization because all the entire world, we all watch Hollywood movies. Hollywood is still the standard with which we, you know, gauge good filmmaking. And that's not a bad thing. I don't know. Is it a bad thing? Um, sometimes people don't really support local things anymore because of American pop culture. So I don't know. Again, these were just all discussions. I'm learning also. I realized how much I rely on Western pop culture for a lot of things. And it was really only last year after I became BTS ARMY that I realized, oh, no, why am I only listening to Ariana? I love Ariana. Why am I only listening to American music? There's so much more music around the world. And so I got into K-pop. I got into Indonesian R&B, even Korean R&B just to experience more diversity because yeah, why are we relying so much on the Western influence? So that was something very interesting that also came up on the panels. And we're not alone because the Indian group that headed the panel said the same thing, that most of the time their references are from Western pop culture more than local pop culture, and they didn't know why. And I'm also wondering at this point, should things change? Should we move more at least to our Southeast Asian brothers and sisters? Should we check out what they're doing, their art, their comedy, instead of always relying on the West? And that made so much sense to me. One of our main goals with having third world improv, I mean, our dreams got bigger each year that we got bigger, but we eventually wanted the Philippines to be the hub of where people around the world go to learn to do improv. So, I mean, that's a huge dream, right? It's a huge dream, but it also helps with us not relying so much on the West for humor. I don't mind if it's at least Southeast Asia or Asia. If people think improv, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Asian improv scene is amazing. That's where we should take classes. I'll be happy with that. Who knows where this is going to go? This festival was just eye-opening with regards to how many countries actually do improv and how many want to collaborate with the other countries. Man, I wish you guys saw it. <laughs> uh, Improv is Asian Festival. We had so many amazing acts as well. We saw Impro Japan and I have to commend them because 
that was a performance that left me smiling from ear to ear at by the end of it. So what they did was they performed a musical through Zoom and they used background, they used filters from Snapchat, they used virtual backgrounds, but the way they did it and the way it was acted was done so well because by the way, they improvised in Japanese. Did we understand Japanese? No. Did anybody in the comments understand what they were saying? No. There would be a translation every now and then from another group mate saying what they said. But all in all, you're just watching two improvisers, two to three improvisers act in a language you don't understand and still you're moved by their performance. And I found that so amazing. See, these are things that you personally, I have seen very little American improv that can do that because again, another form of humor. And again, it's not a bad thing. It's just an observation of mine is when Americans do improv, they do it the way they do stand up. Again, I think I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but one of the things I noticed when I moved to the States was that Americans love to talk, just talk. Like you go into an elevator, you don't know the person, the person's going to say, good morning, good morning. So how are you today? Blah, 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 blah. So they like to talk and that comes out also in their stand-up comedy. That's why stand-up's so big there because it's a lot of talk. So even in their improv, a lot of times they rely on what they say instead of how they show it. So let's say if you were, if you didn't understand English and you watch an American improv show, there's a big chance you're going to miss a lot of what happens because the people who understand English will be laughing at the jokes and you'll be looking at the stage thinking, why, what happened? Nothing happened. So it's a lot of, you know, jokes. So it was very interesting to see that that was one major difference in performing improv with Asians and with Americans. I didn't understand a word that Impro Japan said, but I understood the story and I was moved by it. So I found that very, very interesting. And then Singapore. Singapore performed. So ASAP is actually good friends of the Philippine improv community because they come to every Manila improv festival. They're, they're very supportive of our online shows. And one thing that made me so jealous of their performance was they were all in the same room. Yeah, Singapore has been controlling COVID very well, apparently, that they still, they can go and meet each other and perform in the same room. Even if it's through Zoom, they're all in the same room. So you kind of also get to see which countries are a little more efficient, I'd like to say. I can't talk about the festival without mentioning, of course, the groups and the people from the third world improv community. So Spit has been doing the Manila Improv Festival since 2012. And honestly, we got so tired each year producing this festival because of course we wanted everyone to have fun. That was the main thing. This is what we want. We want you guys to have fun. So when we would invite countries from across the world, we did everything for them. We gave them housing. We picked them up at the airport, really worked so hard. And in the Manila Improv Fest 2019, Spit 
had an amazing time, of course, as usual, but we were so tired. We were so tired. In fact, I was hosting some of the shows and I forgot to introduce my own class and I just ended the show because I was so tired. I didn't even notice. And even on stage, you would see that the two hosts, Kenneth and I, would be dizzy and kind of like we couldn't read the cards anymore. Sobrang pagod talaga namin. And spit Everyone was doing double jobs, um, doing stage manager work, cutting up candy to put in plastic bags para sa pabitin sa labas. Really, like, we worked to the bone. So for this festival, this wasn't even our idea, this festival. This was the idea of Carl and Ae. Two episodes ago, you can get to hear them talk about the festival. But this wasn't even our idea. And we wanted minimal to do with it because, you know, we wanted them to execute their idea. We were there. We were part of it, of course. But the way that everybody stepped up from the streamers, the production, the back end, the hosts, all the volunteers doing community management work. So in case you haven't seen an improv show, there is a lot that goes into the backstage of a Zoom improv show. Because not like when you're in person, when you perform in front of a crowd, if you ask for a suggestion, that person says the suggestion, you hear it, okay, I got your suggestion. Here, you're streaming from Zoom. The audience is watching a stream on Facebook. Okay, so it, the lag, you're streaming on Facebook. So community managers are the ones who are in the Zoom call with you getting the suggestions from the stream on Facebook to put in the Zoom chat so that you see the suggestions. So see, even just that, that that's a hardworking person doing all of that. And then there's this the one who's streaming it. So first of all, you need good equipment and good internet. But these people all stepped up, all these either alumni of Third World Improv or current students or teachers or teaching assistants. Everybody really stepped up and we had very little to do with it. We're very, very proud of everyone, including the performers. We had a lot of Filipino performers just kill it on stage. So I got to give them credit for that as well. This, if anything, this festival made improvisers from all around Asia become closer to each other. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So yeah, that's all. I just really wanted to share my thoughts on the festival because I learned so much. And it's just proof that if you listen to one another and try to understand one another, friendships can happen, more understanding can happen. Learning to improvise with different types of people teaches you to adapt to different types of people and therefore kind of understand their language and how they are able to process information, things like that. It's just very impressive for me that improv is able to do that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this little reflection of mine. Uh, I wasn't able to say it in the intro, but please check out the description of this episode and check out the affiliate links that we have over there. Please use them to support me and check out the Improv is Asian Festival Facebook. I think all the performances are still there. If you want to check it out, it's all going to be saved there. So thanks everyone. Have a nice day. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. 
For more info on the shows and the network, visit Podcast Network Asia's social media or visit www.podcastnetwork.asia. Also by Podmetrics. Track your podcast stats across multiple platforms to have a full view of your audience and clout. Sign up and create your account for free at podmetrics.co using our code TAWALETS. Thank you so, so much for joining me on another episode of Tawalets. Really, guys, I appreciate that you are listening to this. It's insane. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mm-hmm.